It no longer matters who's crazy and who's not. The world is on fire, and no one is going to put it out for us. No matter your race, religion, or creed, we are all in this together. Remember, your participation is the lifeblood of social media, and right now, the content creators you love are under siege and need your help. Please like, share, subscribe, and if possible, click the donation button in the episode description. Now welcome to the Bradley Powers Esoteric Hours. It is my honor to present your host, Mr. Bradley Powers. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the Bradley Powers Esoteric Hours. My name is Bradley Powers. I'd like to welcome my co-host, the lion, Cassidy Lightwing. Still got it. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, Cassidy. Thank you for your time. I'd also have a special guest here that I would like to present to you right now. And my special guest is Kevin Camman. Hello, Kevin. Kevin. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Kevin. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back, Kevin. Kevin has been a guest on our show before. And the reason why he's back is because he has a phenomenal story to share with us. Kevin is actually not just an alien contactee, Kevin is an alien abductee, an alien abductee. He was abducted by aliens, and he will be sharing his experiences with us very shortly. But first, I'm going to go over to Cassidy Lightwing, who I have a question for Cassidy Lightwing. We, there are, are asteroids heading in this direction, allegedly. Now, what might, the question is, I have heard, I have discovered that they are not asteroids; they are actually motherships. Is there any truth in this? In in my in my theory, in my uh, speculations, in what I have discovered, these are motherships heading in this direction, Cassidy. What do you say to that? Well, um, you're mostly correct. There, that's that is unfortunately true. Uh, the beings that my people call the Kute, that you guys refer to as the Mantids, uh, they one of the one of their one of their vectors of invasion is to hide in uh, is to hide in asteroid fields. Now there are asteroids coming, and that there's just nothing anybody can do about that on Earth anyway. Um, but one of the ways that they'll that they'll get their basically their scout ships to Earth is by hiding them within asteroid fields. The mothership is far too big to to hide in an asteroid field. Uh, however, there are truth seekers out there with YouTube channels that I highly advise everyone check out. Um, Gina Marie Colvin Hill, for example, uh, their ships can be seen with your telescopes now. Um, I am actually rather stunned that the government has not disclosed now that they're this close. Um, just the other day, the, the uh, International Space Station caught one of their ships on camera. And I hate to toot my own horn, folks, but it looks exactly like I've been describing to you guys for months. Okay. Again, I hate to do the I told you so because it sounds so egoistic, but it's really the only way I have of proving to you guys that we're not lying. We're not making it up either. We're either the luckiest crazy people on the planet or... So that's one of the reasons why I'm so pleased that, that Kevin's coming back. And I, again, I, I just want to, when I want to say this publicly, I, I'm sorry if it embarrasses you, brother, but my people hold you in high honor. And not just because you saved my children. <laughs> okay. There are other reasons as well. Um, Bradley's going to want to talk about your implant later, I think. Uh, but really? uh, what was that? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Is that, that, You're that's... more than one, I believe. 
It's right there. What's left of it? But yeah, so um, oh, there we go. Sorry, I almost ran out of batteries. So yeah, it, it's there. The the Kute are coming. Um, the Mantids are coming. And it's not just mantids. That's one of the things I really have to emphasize. When I say star tribes, uh, I'm referring to groups of genetic clans that are joined together by common purpose. Okay, it's not just one race that's coming. All right, this ship is has this ship carries others. Um, not the least of which being the fact that they're essentially a an extremely strong biological focal point for the Dracos to enter this universe. Hi, Liana. So there's a lot more at stake here than, than just, you know, a few a few thousand human lives. Right. And I don't mean to speak about a few thousand human lives lives like, oh, it's just a few thousand human lives. But that's what's at stake. All right. While the love and light crowd is, is sitting on their butts going, oh, but all the aliens are friendly. People are literally being harvested for their DNA. You know, um... Your planet hasn't seen anything like, what, like anything like what's coming since the 70s. Now, that yeah. being said, you may, I, must, I really must stress, this is not going to go the way they think it is. All right? I promise you that. This is... Uh, they think they're going to come down here and get all riled up, but they either are ignoring the fact that we're here or they can't see us. Either way, is fine with us. All right? You're not going to face this alone. Even if your governments hide this from you, you're not facing this alone. Uh, Cassidy, could you give me an idea of the size of some of these vessels? Oh, um, the size of them. The mothership is roughly the size of China. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hive ships are essentially entirely, basically entire cap encapsulated environments. Um, in science fiction, these class of vessels have been called craft worlds. Um, you know, it's it's uh, they're they're pretty big. Essentially, once a once a given hive is large enough that the biosphere can't really contain them, they start to grow craft ships. And once they you know, get it, once they get those to enough of a size to enough size, eventually the craft ships need a centralized queen, just like a bee, you know, just like a beehive. So they grow a queen. And then they generally leave the biosphere and go out, you know. So these 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 queen ships have to be able to carry an entire nation, essentially. The one that's coming is particularly large. The reason why is because they give no they they do not care who they harvest. Um, they have no morality, so they have a larger palette of calories to choose from. Unlike the uh, mantids who are here, who are your friends, which is, I have to stress, the majority. You know, the majority of mantids that are here are part of tribes of the light. All right. So, but because they voluntarily limit themselves to essentially the less sapient matter, the better. They are not as well nourished as predatory kute. How many uh, vessels are heading in this direction, Castai? Um, I'm not really sure. Hold on a second. We got a comment that says the video feed isn't working. Uh, yeah, he's right. The video feed is is very very sketchy and pausey. They're prop. There, it seems like they're interfering. Huh. God, am I? Oh shit! I'm nearly there as well. Shit. Well, on the upside, we're still recording, so this will this will go up on. Uh... Yeah, carry on. 
Yeah. Right, carry on. I'm, I'm about to do a cinema watch parties right now. So just bear with me. Well, now, on, is, the other, on the other hand, that is, might very well be me not understanding how the program works. So, we're in a watch party in Anunnaki. All right. Yeah, we're getting some kind of weird feedback, even in even in the uh, even in the recording. They're interfering with us. This is definitely interference. Hi, guys. Anyway, Alien connection. The Jordan says audio, only audio is working properly. Hey, that's okay. We can do this podcast style. I'm all good. I'm gravy, baby. Anyway, um, so Kevin, this, you are the honored guest. Do you have any questions right now? Oh, I got lots of questions. Dude, Kevin. fire away, brother. I'll I be with you in a few minutes, Kevin. I'll tell you stories of here. I'll be with you in a few minutes. Okay. In that case, I'll, I'll, I'll continue on. Um, now there are there are several metaphysicians and ufologists who are starting to realize that this the that the that the, the Rona may actually be linked to the uh, to the incoming Kute. I can't I can't confirm that or deny it, but there it's not unknown for them to weaken a population by spraying a virus or an agent, you know, like that. It's not unknown for them to do that. So I don't like I said I don't well, think so, but it could be. What was that, Kevin? Now, we've been, been we've been being sprayed by chemtrails since the 1980s, yeah. and those are coming out of the big jets that leave these trails in the sky that everybody ignores. Yeah. All right, so we've been getting those chemicals for this long. All right, there is no doubt in my mind that this was deliberately released. I mean, how can it travel around the world? Because it only took a week traveling yeah. through all 50 states of the United States. No, agreed, agreed. And what's going to be coming out in the coming in the coming weeks, and folks, you heard it here first, um, is that this was a deliberate release, uh, but not by China. China didn't do this. They're taking advantage, certainly, but they didn't do this. Bradley, could you control your volume? We're getting feedback. Um, this was released very deliberately, but it was released by a disgruntled agent, or a disgruntled worker who was paid by an agent. We don't know who the agent was yet, but they will not escape. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was uh, a very high dramatic 007 James Bond adventure scene. Where, no, you know, I mean, knowing this planet, yeah. it was probably more like The Simpsons. <laughs> the guy was probably like looking at the security, going, "Really? You're actually letting me do this? Okay." Knowing this world, come on. If he has a hatred for the world that strong, then I hope he's happy because a lot of people aren't. Well, here's the here's the messed up thing is that part of what's coming out right now about the coronavirus is, and again, you heard it here first, folks. It turns out the coronavirus isn't even what's even isn't even what's killing most of the people. The coronavirus is actually pretty tame. It's other complications, which is where the UF, which is where the uh, conspiracy community is getting fuel for the for the five G fire. You know. And, and it's like it, it just came out like uh, last week that doctors around the world are just checking everything as a coronavirus death, so they can't even really accurately track the coronavirus deaths until like a like a week ago. Yeah, I, you know? I noticed a lot of people who die in a strange way. If they had another illness, they just chalked it up the coronavirus, mm -hmm. uh, which is inflating the numbers astronomically. Yeah, exactly. 
That's why, you know, that's why I said in the beginning, folks, take precautions, you know, social distance, wear a mask, but do not fear. It's going to be okay. It's what the coronavirus gives rise to is what all the psychics and, and sensitives are seeing. Well, 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 I'd like to say, hello, everybody. My name is Bradley Powers. Welcome to do Bradley Powers Esoteric Hours. Uh, we are now in the watch parties. Uh, I thought I missed one uh, watch party. Right, uh, we've got 50 viewers anyway. That's pretty good. And we're in a watch party right now. This, I'd like to introduce Cassidy Lightwing, my co-host, the Lion, <laughs> and my yes, guest, that meant my special that wasn't guest. Just gibberish. Although I did cough in the middle of it. I apologize to my fellow Lyrans. I just embarrassed my all guest. Of my guest is Kevin Camman, who is not just an alien contactee, but an alien abductee. Welcome to the show, Kevin Camman. Hey. Yeah, thank and you. Thank you for having me. Now, Kevin Camman, you have some experiences to share with us. You've actually been abducted by aliens. Now, let's go back a little bit before that. You what? You was at the time. Uh, a navy and uh, 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 in the forces working for the navy was, is that right? That's right. I was a sailor and I was a hospital corpsman, and I was a third class petty officer, and uh, I was I was half the medical department of my ship. We had a crew of two hundred and fifty men. All right, and that, yeah. that was my full time job. Okay. So you were. I, I would sell people on. Yes, I was. I had my own lab. I did my own lab work, and um, yeah, I was fairly competent at it too. So, folks, keep this in mind when you hear the story. This is a medical professional seeing these things. All right. Please continue. Kevin. Yes, a medical, a medical professional working for the navy as a sailor. So, therefore, his credentials are excellent, and he has no reason to deceive anyone. He, he has, in fact, he's putting his uh, career, his path, friends, family. Is is he isolating himself by sharing his experience? This is what we're going to find out. We're going to discover what Kevin actually saw. So, Kevin, would you like to begin? You're working in, you're, you work for the Navy. You're, sea, you're a sailor. You're on a ship, okay, doing your, performing your duties. So what happened, Kevin? Well, it, it started on a Sunday, and my adventure happened on Friday. So this took a week long to even progress to the point where I had the abduction experience. Okay. So it started on a Sunday, and we'd been out to sea for about three or four days, and we were off the coast. I don't know where we were at. We were on a, what is known as the Western Pacific Cruise, all the way over like Japan, Korea, Singapore, Thailand, Taiwan. All right, uh, we went to Australia, and uh, we we would perform maneuvers at these different places. So I couldn't tell you exactly where we had been. All I could tell you is that we were out in the water and been out for three or four days, and everywhere you looked, there was nothing but water. But anyway, I was working in my space on a Sunday night, and uh, one of my shipmates came down, and we started talking. And we got on the subject of UFOs. And all this is in May of 1982. And back then, you didn't really talk about UFOs and flying saucers and stuff. 
because you didn't want to be labeled as um, crazy. Yes, I, I lived in there as well. Food. Yeah, and so um, anyway, our discussion lasted for about three or four hours. And during the discussion, he told me that he himself had been abducted since he was eight years of age. Now, he's roughly around 21 or 22 years old when we're having this conversation, which means that he'd been abducted longer than, you know, more than half of his life. What he did not know was that I had done a book report on UFOs in 1970 in my high school. And I had researched the subject for the fifth week I had come to the conclusion that there was such thing as UFOs. Nobody really knew what the phenomenon was, but there was definitely something that was going on. And this is based on all the information I could get that was up to nineteen seventy. And and I read a few books and I learned a little bit about the UFO. Anyway, getting back to my story. He told me that he'd been abducted. So I'm I'm kinda taking this in. Right? Now, I know there are people who have been affected, but I didn't know they were. I know them for three and a half years before we even discussed this subject. They've never brought up before. So, anyway, now, now back then, me being in the medical department, I'm going to have to send this guy to a psychiatrist in the next fortune we go to this guy to Naval Base. So that's the way we handled things back in 1981, 1982. That was a Spanish policy. All right? Anybody you talked about in such things was crazy. So he was going to have to go see a special doctor. All right? One second. One, call one, second. one second. One, one second. Uh, I do apologize to the uh, audience. The video is not lagging. We're experiencing external interference. Um, basically, it's it's not just you guys can't see it, but it's not just on the uh, Bradley. Please get that volume. Um, it's not just on the uh, transmission to you guys. It's also in the recording. They're basically interfering with the call to my computer. So, yeah. I would like to add to that, Cassidy, the video is on pause in all, all the watch parties, it's on pause. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. It's not It's not just uh, the video there, it's the call. Basically, there there is some kind of disruption signal. Um, yeah, there I don't is. mean to make that sound sci-fi, but... Yeah, it sounds nice and clear now. Yeah, well, yeah. Our, audio is is fine. our audio is fine, but the the transmission to the, to, yeah, the, the video transmission is all screwed up. So I'm just hoping yes, we can clean it up in post, yeah. you know, for, for YouTube. But that means we're... we can smoke as much as we want without anyone seeing us. <laughs> no joke, Right, thank you. Please continue, Kevin. The audio is great, so people can see your of your face, but they can't see your face moving. However, so you're on the ship. Yes, Kevin, and, and what, what happened? Uh, please continue. Okay, so... Uh... And my point was that he was going to have to go and see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or what I like to call psychopath because in order, to, in order to be diagnosed as a psychopath, you have to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Not only this way, but you got to be one to be able to identify one. So, from that, 
and that's my and that's my philosophy on the field of psychology. Uh, anyway, getting back to my stories, uh, I knew I was going to have to do this, and so this bothered me all night Sunday night and all day Monday, and I didn't see him at all on Monday. All right, but on Tuesday, he came back down to my space again while I was working, and he told me that. Um, he asked me if I remembered the conversation we had had on Sunday night. And I told him, yes, I did. And so he goes, well, my friends, they came and got me. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, that's nice. I said, uh, where did they take you? He said, your house in Kankakee. Yeah. I live in Kankakee, Illinois, which is 60 miles straight south of Chicago. And that's where I grew up at. Right. And that's where my home was. And I'm on a ship halfway around the world. Now, now I joined my ship. Did he know you lived in, in Kiki? Did you? Did he know where you lived? Well, he was from Gary, Indiana. No, no, no. So, but did he know where you lived at the time? Well, he had my address okay. because he kept the he kept the ship records up in the office up there. Okay. So he knew what my address was. All right. So, I mean, and I just, I, I figured that's where he got it from. But anyway, he said, they took me to your house. All right, when I joined my ship in the Philippines, I had been 28 hours, 28 hours, over one whole day to get to my ship in the Philippines. And this guy is telling me that my friend, his friends came and got him, picked him up off our ship, took him to my house, and brought him back. He just got that 15 minutes ago. And so I'm not really believing because, right, it, you know, sure, sure you did. Right? Me knowing that it took over 24 hours. Anyway, the point is, I asked him what I saw. And then he started telling me the things that he saw and that he had observed while he was at my residence. And the more that he started telling me, the more upset I started to get. Because I knew that everything that he was telling me was absolutely 100% true. God's done it too. And I knew it. The problem I had was, how did he know it? Because everything he was talking about was at least 12 to 16 years ago. Okay, so he... Uh, yeah. And that's basically, well, I'll just say that basically got me to the point where I, I was like, I'm not really believing. Finally, he goes, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I said, okay, if what you're telling me is true, I want you. And I was poking him in the chest, and I did this, and I was looking him straight in the eye, just like I am this kid. I said, I want you to introduce me to him. I'm to make it happen. And here's what he told me. It's not up to me, it's up to them. If they want you to know about them, you will be informed. If not, you will never know about it. He goes, I will ask them. And he goes, I can't promise you anything. And then I told him, if you can make it happen, make it happen. And this is on a Tuesday evening. This is day three. Even though this is my second encounter with this individual. Right. So I didn't see him on Wednesday. And on Thursday, Thursday evening, 
he comes he comes into the back of the child and I'm up at the front of the child and for the supper room. He'd been twenty five ahead of him in the line. And he sees me and he's yelling in front of you, Ken. Cameron! Hey Cameron! He's got this shitty grin from ear to ear and two thumbs up going, You're there, man, you're there. And, and two or three people that were around me asked me, Hello, Cam, where are you at? And I looked at him and I told him, I'm right here to turn you to keep. Because that's exactly where I was at the time. Uh, and I didn't know what to make him. So when he sat down, he told me, Yeah, they said you can meet him. Right. I said, Okay, so when? I don't know. So when? I don't know. And then he goes, I don't know what to say, because I got this in the I'm just telling you they say you can move. Right? Well, now, I've got a lot of questions. And he just a little made off. Right? You know? So I, I didn't really know what to think of it. It's a turn. It's not going to be easy. Right? And then the next day is Friday. And it's roughly right around 11.30 in the morning. Because I went to either 11 o'clock and I came out and I know the sun was not directly overhead, but very close to being overhead. Right. So I figured it was between 11.30 and 20 minutes to uh, 20 minutes to noon. And, and then he comes into the space and he goes, they're here. I go, well, you can go up on the main deck, you'll see. So I, I went out of my compartment, walked the stairway, come up onto the main deck of the ship. And I walked out on the main deck, and I walked back to the back of the ship, and I saw it. It was an object in the sky, roughly seven, eight miles high, and roughly I mean, not so many miles high. I mean, the height from the ground to the altitude of the chair. Now, I know it's, I know it's hard for you guys to understand because the transmission's garbled. Basically, he's giving you guys dimensions. And you must understand, this is from a sailor. This is a guy who knows his navigation. Could you could you please repeat the dimensions? Your conversation gobbled out when you were when you were, when you were giving it. Pretty convenient if you ask me. Okay. I, I hope it's coming better now. Um, it was roughly seven to eight in the air as far as altitude where this was at, and it was roughly at a distance of about seven to eight miles away from the ship. And if you were standing at the front of my ship, looking straight ahead, it would be almost um, at your 7 o'clock position, 7 to 8 o'clock position. It would be at, if you were on a clock, using midnight as the point you start for your roughly. So, and this was like from the angle on my ship. Did it come in better? Uh, it's your it, your your transmission specifically keeps getting uh, interfered with. And if, you, if the audience can listen carefully, they can actually hear intermittently the pops and clicks. I know who's interfering with this. So, uh, yeah, I would they, they I will also talking. say that we will, Kevin, we will be having you back again.
because this show, uh, this transmission is not good enough for you, for you to share. I, I would, I will have definitely have you back again, Kevin. If you don't mind coming back again, we are experiencing bad transmission. No, no, it's no our audio fault, is fine. Kevin. We need to keep going. Our audio is fine. Oh, yes. This will be great for the okay. podcast show. We'll we'll do something for the video on uh, when we when we do when we put it on YouTube. But we got to keep going. Uh, yeah, we never will. give up, never surrender. And if they're kicking at Kevin right now, we got to kick back. Yeah, continue. They must hate me bad if they're doing that to me. They don't want me telling my story, obviously. Yeah, they fucking hate you. They failed to scare you. They do not. They don't react well to humans. They fail to scare. Their primary method of, of uh, mental control, like a lot of the experiencers that have experienced the tribe, you, uh, the uh, clan, sorry, that you did, they notice that they're get, they get controlled by their their fear responses. They can't control you with fear, as the audience will hear in the rest of your story. <laughs> you know. So yeah, they hate you. They also can't physically harm you because that violates the laws. And they know that once if they do that, then we get to do that too. And they don't want none. So they're basically. I'm worried about them. I've got. I'm sure I have a lot of guardian angels around me. Yes. I know I do. I have seen miracles myself. Uh, and that's one reason why I am born again Christian. I have seen some of the ones that God has done. Right. I've had miracles, I've experienced them myself, and I got to meet these individuals, which would not have happened unless God wanted it to happen. And the point is, I've got multiple memory of it all. So a lot of people may have missing time. I only have about 15 minutes of missing time. Less than nearly an hour with me. Right. That yeah. gives me 45 minutes of interaction that I very clearly remember. Yeah, you're you're coming in. It's kind of soft and garbled, but the the audience is is sort of making the observation that it always gets hard to hear as soon as you get into important information, and then as soon as you're done talking about important information, it eases up again. And folks, you can see my hands. I ain't doing this. You know. So, nah. yeah, well, no, we're, we're definitely receiving interference. All right, so I'm at the back of my ship. I come out and, and I go over the standing railing of my ship, and I'm looking at this object. And this, this was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. I have never seen anything that compares to it. It appeared, and to me, it appeared that it was an eight-pointed star. And my first thought was, it looked like the star of Bethlehem. It very well could have been. Or at least the star of Bethlehem could very well have been what their craft appeared to be. It was twinkling. It was shining every color of the rainbow. Brilliantly. But it never hurt my eyes looking at it. And I had a straight up and down spire, and I have one that went vertically, right, at 90 degrees in each direction of the yeah. vertical, horizontal. The horizontal angle of this was approximately three to three and a half miles. And I do mean miles. I don't mean kilometers. I mean miles. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was roughly one and a half 
two, two and a half miles high straight up and down. And then they had, at 45 degree angles, they had two other towers. They didn't, they didn't reach as far as the other one. Right? To me, it appeared to be an 8.4. Now, there's two guys in the conversation. They're standing right next to me. And I want to have a witness. You know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at number one, the UFO, and number two, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I reach out and grab one guy and start shaking him as hard as I could, trying to get his attention. I'm jumping up and down and yelling loudly, very loudly, right? as loud as I exactly. can. Exactly. And I have, I have a very powerful voice. You know, if you're within five feet of me, you know what I'm thinking because you can't hit anything else. Also, do you guys hear that thud every once in a while? Sorry, Kevin. I, I didn't mean to talk over you, but you were faded out anyway. Yeah, we'll keep talking, Kevin. Yeah, keep going, bro. Oh, okay. So, um, I, I couldn't get his attention. All right? Blink. In the blink of an eye, I go from being on my ship, shaking this guy's shoulder, to being on the craft. All right? And I could see, I could see my ship sailing away, roughly seven or eight miles away. And my first thought was, "My God, this can't be happening." And as soon as I thought that, that thought, a voice came in my head and said, "Yes, it is. It's what you wanted." My second thought was, "I'm a wall," because it was the first time in nearly eight years in the United States Navy, right? that I was not in my appointed place of duty at my assigned time. First time ever. And as soon as, as, soon as I said I'm able, they said, they don't even know you are gone. That was the second word that came in my head. How, that's how, really, really how, Go ahead, Sorry. How long was was they? How long did uh, your your superiors recognize that you had were missing for? Oh, they never did notice I was missing. They didn't. Okay. No. No. All right. But but what they told me was they don't even know you're gone. And then I don't remember what my third thought was, but there was a third voice that had answered me. Now every one of these communications are telepathically. Right. All right. And then. They they came they came and flew right down the side of my ship, right at the level of the water. Nice guy. Right, which right. number one tells me my ship my ship's main deck is 40 feet above the water, which means that this ain't no eight mile big ship or a three and a half mile ship by one and a half miles if it comes right down and drags along the side of the ship because I'm right level with the level of my my. Uh, the level that I would have been standing on on my ship. And when we got to the point where I had been shaking this gun, there I am jumping up and down and shaking this gun. And that there told me one of three things. One, I just saw a hologram of my ship. Two, that was me five or ten seconds ago, and it was replaying it for me to see. And three, I have a problem. So those are the three things that 
that. And I, I'm observing this in the first five years. You know, I'm amazed at that I just came on board the ship. All right, I'm trying to get over that. Let alone now I see myself on my ship. And I'm just looking back at my ship and looking by it in awe because there I am. And I'm going, looking from being where my ship was out of the sea to being in downtown Court Street and standing around the main intersection of Kansas City, the town that I'm in. And I noticed that. Yes. It took me a few seconds to realize where I was at because just a second ago I'm looking at water everywhere I look. Now I'm seeing buildings, and I'm looking down on top of it. All right. So it took me a few few seconds to acclimate the fact that oh I know where I'm at because I've been in that intersection hundreds of times, thousands, who knows how many times, right? But I'd always been at ground level. I'd not been above it. So I was getting a different perspective of it, but I did realize where I was at. So I looked over at the building, the City National Bank building, which stood on the corner, which is where my father worked. And his office was up on the front of the floor. And I'm looking at the building, and as I'm looking at it, I'm looking through it at the same time. I can't even describe what I'm talking about, saying that I can see it on the outside. But I can see the inside just as well as I can the outside. I imagine that would be disorienting. Well, I can't explain it. You have no idea. But it was a bizarre feeling. And I'm coming down to the office where my father worked at. And he's sitting behind his desk. I switched it, uh, switch it over to the title screen. That way people aren't getting distracted by the glitchy video. Okay. So, But they can still hear us. You still hear us. What yes. about, uh, what kind of beings were they, Kevin? They were praying mantis insectoid. I didn't discover this until about 40 minutes with, with the time that I spent with them. Um, because, like I said, everything was telepathic, all right? And now I'm, I'm looking at the bank building where my dad works at, and I can see everything in it. I can see the water. I can see the water running through the pipes. I can see all the piping, the electricity and all that, and I can see through it at the same time. And I, just, I was just boggled by this, all right? And man comes in. My dad shakes hands with them. They both sit down, blank. Now I'm about four or five miles away from where the bank is. I'm over Grace Baptist Church, which also had a Christian day school that my mother taught at. She taught first or second grade, because I don't know when it was that I went seen her. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm over the top of the church building, looking right through the ceiling into the second floor classroom. And here's what I remember about that was all the students were sitting at the desk in the second floor classroom. And I could see their desk and see school. And I thought to myself, wow, I could be the deputy. I could just walk down an aisle and look over two desks away. You need to see me desk down. Get everything organized. Because I was looking at the desk. It just kind of blew my mind. And I was going to see the desk where I see the school down in the first room where my mother was. And she was at the black room, right in the second, behind the black room. 
and I remember the second issue was this continent was pure as well, either that or it was righteous. It was either pure or white. But this continent is right and as and the reason I bring that up is I'm on top of three. And continent is a three syllable word. And they don't even teach that word. So I thought the woman's class was a little bit ahead of time for her to be writing a sentence like that on the board, having her students in a memory Anyway, go on. I have a question for you, Kevin. Uh, yes. From uh, John Christian JL is asking this question Was your ship sailing within the Bermuda Triangle? No, I was on the other side of the world. The Bermuda Triangle is in the Atlantic Ocean. I'm way far left Pacific. Okay. Far west. Uh, he's on the other side of the United States, the Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. No, my ship is not there. And I've never been. I don't remember ever sailing in the Atlantic. I, I've, I've sailed the Indian, the Pacific, the uh, Arctic Ocean. And um, ooh, there's another one I can't remember. All right, but I never went on. I never went to Europe or any of uh, anything on the Atlantic, along the Atlantic coast at all. All right. Well, I have another question for you, Kevin. Um, what color was the pro Eric Fertinbor is asking? They were praying mantis. What color were the praying mantis? Oh, I was going to get actually I was going to describe the color. All right, but all right, they were white, eggshell white, as white as a chicken egg. They were also 12 to 15 feet tall, and they were insectoid, uh, praying mantis type being. So, taking a long time. What happened was, I, I, I told my friend. I want to meet your little green friends. Mm -hmm. right? So when I asked them what they look like, they told me, we're not little and we're not green. And that's yeah. quite the understatement. Because you know, I'm not expecting a praying mantis to be 12 to 15 feet tall. We're talking over twice my height. I'm not even up to the waist. If I, can, if I can interject for just one second. Now, this is the, the reason why is, is because it's pretty important to the events that are happening. That eggshell white color is what first tipped me off the kind of, uh, of, of incursion that uh, Kevin dealt with. The eggshell white ones, if you, if you, for those of you who have experiences, and you're going to be having them, many of you are going to be having them soon, uh, the eggshell white ones are geneticists. That doesn't mean they're the bad guys, all right? The eggshell white ones are a case that are specifically designed to work with genomes. So, please continue, Kevin. And also, I've got another question for you, Kevin. Eric Furtenbaugh is asking, Kevin, were you on a carrier ship? Uh, we, we carried Marines. My ship was exactly one-tenth of a mile long, 528 feet. So it's a fairly big ship. Well, we carried, uh, we had a crew of 240 people on it, just that run the ship, and we would go up on the beach, the front end of our ship was open, and you could drive tanks off the bottom, because we had a wall deck that would have tanks and, and armored personnel carriers and things like that on board. That's what we carried on our ship. Mm. Yeah. So the Marines could land. 
we were the landing ship for the Marines. And we would be the ship that all the other ships would marry up to and dump off their Marines, and they would go through whatever was left of our ship. Because once we went up on the beach, we were never coming off. But uh, it didn't really bother me none because I, I had spent time with the Marines. So I know how to embed with the Marines. And if my ship, you know, is on a beach and now it's a big target, trust me, I'm going to be as far from that target as I can be. Gotcha. Uh, Kevin, uh, Eric Furstenberg is asking, could you identify the sex of the Mantis? They had no sexual organs. I didn't see any organs of any kind. I didn't see a crack for a butt. I had never saw anything that looked like breast. I never saw a midline like we have that goes down the middle of our chest. No belly button. No penis. And no vagina. Okay. And so, and, and I and I asked them, well, how 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 do they get rid of waste? And they, and and basically, it's like reverse osmosis. They they excrete it through their skin at a certain time. All right, and then they wash it off. Right, and that they also absorb their food through the skin. So, I'm just telling you what they told me. Yes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, so, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. You know, it just they smell terrible. I'm sorry. So. I I don't remember any smell. Yes. You don't have, you don't I have do the same remember. sensing organs we do. Eric Furtenbar says, therefore, you had Marines in your deck close to Waterhead. I'm sorry? Therefore, you had Marines and your deck close to Waterhead. I don't know what that means. No, neither do I. Well, um, I don't believe our ship had Marines at the time. I believe we just dropped off some Marines when we left. So that was the kind of ship... I'm that sorry? You, so that was the, just the kind of ship you had, you were on, not necessarily the mission you were on. All right. Well, we were training. We, we were always in training. Gotcha. Uh, our our ship's model was anything, anytime, any place. So that tells you how prepared we tried to be. Fair enough. Always. And so you know, we did these these were training exercises, and you know we'd probably do twenty or twenty-five of them in a in a six-month cruise altogether. You know, it depended. I, I went on three cruises, and that's basically all we did. And sometimes we'd be out to sea for two weeks before we went and either picked some up or dropped some off. So, I, you know, it was whatever the way the schedules were, they worked out. And me, I, I worried about the health of the crew. I didn't worry about what the rest of the ship was doing because I was a small percentage of it, but I was a big percentage of it because it was my, you know, I was doing, I did water tests. I had to check our food. Uh, all kinds of things to, to ensure the safety and well-being of our ship. So there, I had a lot of caps that I wore. Uh, Stephen, under, um, under we're not going to ask him that because that could put his career in danger and that could also endanger the rest of his crew. So we're not going to yeah. ask him that question. It's a good question, okay. and it's illogical to ask that, Stephen, but we're not going to. Well, well go ahead and ask it, Caspi. I've been out of the Navy for over 30 years, so... Okay, okay, even if you're fine, that might, asking you that could violate my own uh, non-disclosure agreements with the United States government, so I'm not doing it. Okay. Gotcha. 
Right. But so it should be noted, though, for those of you for the audience, it should be noted. Kevin was ready to give the name of his ship. Mm. He wasn't even he wasn't even hesitating. That was me that stopped him, not Kevin. So just so just before anybody says anything. <laughs> yeah, that, well, I understand. Yeah. Anyway, I'd been aboard this ship for four years. So, you know, my legacy had already been created. I was very well respected. So let's go back. You're very well respected on the ship. You've been on it four years. You have encountered um, uh, alien beings. Uh, God, I slipped my tongue now. Uh, that they, which were called praying mantis. They and uh, what, what, is there anything else you can tell us about praying mantis? Did you feel your mind was intruded by them? Oh well, they they started showing me things, things from the future and from the past. And while they were showing me these things, yes, they were telling me some of what you see has already been. Some of what you see has yet to be. Right. Destiny will be fulfilled. They were using telepathy and telephone to actually uh, to visions to encourage your mind to what they were actually trying to present to you. Uh, so carry on, Kevin. Uh, so, like, they're showing you all, all these things. Was you alarmed? Did you feel frightened or threatened? Well, first of all, I, I'm still trying to get past. I, before I get into that, I want to explain. The very first minute of my life was this my experience. Because, see, I have gone from being on my ship to sea to being looking at the dark side of the moon in less than one minute. And I watched our astronauts go to the moon, and it took them three and a half days. And I'm there in less than one minute. And I think what they were doing was trying to impress upon me some of the technological achievements that they were able to do. Yeah, that's a pretty common... And that's the way I took them. That's a pretty common that's way That's the way I took them. So. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they just threw one thing after another. And now, at the time that I had gone to the moon, and this was right after I had seen my mother, all right, and saw her writing on the blackboard, I'm, a, I'm on the dark side of the moon, all right? That's when I reached over with my left hand and pinched the back of my right hand and made it bleed. Made it bleed. Okay. Because I knew I wasn't having a dream. I was having a nightmare, and I remember the pain that I felt when I did that, and I watched it bleed. That... Uh-oh. Looks like we lost oh, Kevin. Oh, God. That's okay. We can keep... Oh, there he is. There he is. All right. Ha-ha. We lost you for a second. Kevin, I have a question for you. Uh, Marin Tomlinson is asking that what year was this? So she has an idea of history around this event. What year did this occur? This is May. This is May of 1982. So we're talking nearly. Right. We're talking almost, almost 40 years from now, ago. Yeah. All right. This is 38 years ago. All right. So they're showing me things of the future and of the past, but they're not telling me what they're showing me, and they're not explaining any of it. And I'm seeing things like, for instance, to to. One of the ones that they showed me. Now, everything I'm telling you is out of order because they, they went through quite a bit. 
they showed me quite a lot in a short amount of time. And I would only get snippets of events that were happening. For instance, we're over to this lovely green field. I don't know where we're at, but we're at about the altitude an airline on this flight. And it's a clear day. So I'm, I'm figuring I can see off maybe 100 to 150 miles off in the distance. All right? And it's a nice, clean day. And all of a sudden, to my right, there's a big crack opens up in New York. And it's going straight up from the bottom up. And it's a zigzag line. And at the same time this crack opens up, the right side of the thing just raises up maybe four to 500 feet into the air, the right side of this crack. And on the left side of the crack, which is over the part that I'm observing, it all crumbles and drops into the ground and it gets flooded by water and bam, right there we see a brand new West Coast. And I'm trying to figure out how many lives just got wasted in this moment that actually happened. Now, I don't know how long ago it was that happened, how many years in the future from now it's going to happen. Because the only thing they, they kept repeating this, and they showed me something. Uh, another one I remember is the local. Hey, Kevin, could I interrupt you for just for a second? Can I interrupt you for a second? How do you know that what they were showing you was true? It appeared that I was watching every event as it unfolded before me. It wasn't just before me, it was around them. No, no, I, I got that. And they're watching it. I, I got that. It's just um, I know how I, I know they have many many ways to show you something that isn't exactly true. Like for example, they could have brought you to another to a different timeline where these events happen, but they won't happen here. You know, or they could have, they they you know there's there's lots of ways. So what I'm asking is, are you really sure that that was the truth? That that was the truth? And that's that's nothing you could prove. That's just like a feeling deep inside. Do you feel that it was true? Well, number one. I had no reason. I, I look, I'm bewildered what you have. You know, the first minute, you know, I'm still absorbing that. I was looking at all these things you're showing me, and I had no reason to doubt that they were the truth right. because of the fact that they were showing me these things. Now, I could have been under the top because nothing they showed me was pleasant. Right. I watched a volcano blow up. And then they took off a surface of the earth. Now I'm talking about a mountain-sized volcano. I'm talking about one that's around roughly the size of Yellowstone Caldera. And it may very well be Yellowstone Caldera that I saw growing up. But it was doing a lot of greenstone and fire. And it was doing a long, long life. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying, these are the types of events they were they're showing me more. Oh, now look, here I am. Yeah, I'm 14, 13 years old. I'm out of my house, walking across the street, talking to my grandmother, who died in 1972. And it was only 10 years, 12 years ago. And I'm observing Right in the middle of all And it made no sense to me why they were showing me all that. Unless they were. Observing and recording my reaction. 
see what was going on. Alright? And I didn't see anything pleasant. I flew over, flew over what was left on the city, and the trash was sticking out of the water. And you go along there with a bunch of skyscrapers out in the middle of the ocean. You know what it looks like? You know, like everywhere you can look, there's nothing but water. And I'm just going by and we're going right by the building and that's too many Alright? And you can see clearly the water the pool, you can see the tops of the building that running on up. In other words, they were totally covered by the water. Like a major metropolitan area. I couldn't tell you when or where, and I couldn't, I couldn't identify it for you. I believe that it was something that was going to happen. You know, and uh, the, one, the one point I want to make is this I saw a bunch of locusts, but they didn't like they were manufactured. They didn't look like real bugs that were bugs, they looked like they were. Bugs that were artificial intelligence, maybe robotic type bugs, and they were in the shape of a comet. And they had a helmet on their head that looked to blow. And they were wearing a breastplate that appeared to be gold. And they had their head was like the big end of the comet. And let's say their head was maybe three to four inches. Around and their teeth were that big, wide, and they were sharp, pointed, and they were going back and forth 100 miles an hour. Um, they had these wings that were gold, and at the end of their tail, where the comet comes to a point, looked, appeared to be like um, a stick to me, which appeared to be uh, anywhere from four to six inches long, with a barb on the end of it. Right. And those things were twisted. I'm seeing all flying past the ship, right? And I'm watching them devour everything, everything on the ground. Everything just getting devoured, as far as you can see. And when they were, I stuck back. I stuck back one foot away from them because they were the most hideous-looking, fearless, and they were just going like they were. I wouldn't want to get, I wouldn't want to encounter that whole. No, you wouldn't. Right. It's no, I don't know when that's going to happen. Now, that, that uh, brings us to the end of the first hour. So, uh, Bradley, do you want to keep, given how the transmission is, do you want to keep going with audience questions, or do you want to, what do you want yeah, to Yeah, I, I reckon switch to visual, and uh, we just take uh, some questions, and we just run the show for a very short period. Right. Kevin, we're going to have to have you back again, because this is not good enough. What you have to share is not good enough. Uh, no, 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 not, no, 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 what not you the have way to you... share is good enough. Yes, <laughs> you said that wrong, what Mr. Bradley. What you have to share is good enough. If what you have to share is so good that I don't accept this transmission as fine, uh, the finale, I believe we must have you back again, Kevin, because this transmission is not good enough uh, for yeah. what you, the quality of words that you have no, to share with I, us. You know, and the fact that it's being targeted. You know, I, I'm, sorry that this, I'm sorry that this is happening. Right. So obviously, they're targeting me. They're, they're trying to torp, torp the transmission. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have a problem hearing you guys at all. 
right. we're having crazy well, I problems. I do got a little bit of an echo. I'm sorry? We, we're having crazy problems hearing you. Like every time you get into We're getting details, 80%, Kevin. 80% yeah. of what you're sharing is coming through, and uh, that's, that's not good enough. I'd like to have a 100% yeah. transmission. Uh, it's not Cassidy's okay. fault. Okay. It's, it's no. down to Facebook. Facebook, uh, this again. is alien technology, and I believe there are alien bugs in all our devices, and they can affect what we hear, uh, what we tune into. Yeah, I can As believe. well as Facebook uh, being monitoring this. Can you can ask, that, ask me some more questions. Yeah, you ask some more from the uh, viewers? Yeah, right, I don't have a problem answering any questions. I have nothing to hide, unlike our government. Just making a point. Right. Just well, making a all, point. Kevin, was you dreaming or was you awake? Oh, I was definitely awake. Really? I, as I said, I, I remember I remember pinching the back of my hand, and that's about as real as it gets. Right? And I was doing it on purpose to make it bleed and make it hurt. Excellent. So that I could verify that this was not just a dream. Yeah. Another question because it was for a you. Really nightmare, but it became. I'm sorry. Another question for you is from Eric Fur Eric Furtenbaugh. Kevin, he's saying, did you ex did you in the different experiences sensual life was threatened? Uh, only at the end, when when they asked me if I wanted to come back and meet with them again, not only I said, hell. No, never. And then they all stood up around me. All there were three of them, and they all stood up around me and crowded around me. And all I remember is the one reached his hand over and put it on the back of my left shoulder. He was behind me, and as soon as he did that, I sat up in my bed. And when I sat up in my bed on my ship, I was swinging fiercely at everything. My clothes were soaked. As soaked as you could be with as much sweat as possible. I was hyperventilating and I was totally exhausted and worn out. So I knew that I was fighting them off at the end. Now I have 15 minutes of missing time, and it all starts at the point where the one put his hand on the back of my shoulder on my left side. Right. I remember feeling that touch of his hand touching me, and then I sat up in my bed. But, you know, obviously. I had been fighting off for 15 minutes because I have 15 minutes of missing time. And like I said, I was hyperventilating. And, and that was the only time I was fighting was at the very, very end. Kaz has an important Kaz, question. Do you have any questions uh, for Kevin? Uh, no, but I've, I've, I, me and Kevin have spent a lot of time talking. I'm familiar with the story. Um, actually, I do have a question, and that this ties into Kaz Ritchie's question as well. Uh, how's that implant doing? How's it been feeling the last few days? Uh, I don't have a problem with the implant. Good. The, the implant has not caused me any problems. Good. And right. for those of you who can't see it, that's not a problem. Uh, upon Kevin is showing you a, an implant that he has on his forehead that he experienced. It's under the surface of my skin. If you look at the top of my finger, you can see it being manipulated around. Also, right? Kevin, and that's you have oh, more than ahead. one implant. Is that true, Kevin? You have more than one implant. No, the other thing I have is called a scoop mark. Yeah. All right. That's not an implant. It's a scoop mark, and I'll see if I can't show it to you. Yeah. 
right here where my finger is. I don't know if you can see that very well. No, we can't. The video quality is all right. Well, right in here, there's, there's a spot there that's about, um, I'd say about a half an inch long and about an eighth inch wide, but there's a depression there. And it's right on the bone. And my experience happened in 1982. I found out about scoop marks in the 1990s doing my research because I've researched this subject for a long, long time. There, there's Please, would you share with the uh, members watching what is a scoop mark? He just did. Scoop mark, I, from what I understand, it's, uh, it's, it's out of the bone in the shin area right below the skin. And it's, it, it's hollowed out. And there's a depression where that scar is. There's a depression there. That's what that scar is. How long have you had that impression? That I discovered in September of, 19, uh, of 2000. 18. I've only discovered it about two years ago. Oh, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 2017. But it's only been recently that I discovered it. I have no memory of whatever happened during that event. None whatsoever. I just saw it one day, and I knew what it was as soon as I seen it. And a chill ran down my spine. Right, so you discovered that implant. Sorry, Castell, what were you going to say? It, Neo says AI is red hot at the moment. The silent war nanites, possible reason for for distortion, a lot going on to prevent human ascension. Now, Neo, I want to address you specifically on this, and I want to remind everyone the reason why the enemy enemy elements of the government are giving me the Bob Lazar treatment is because my people can fight the nanites. We can we can end them, and so they're trying to separate us from humanity as much as possible. So. You could fight the nanites. Yes. But that's an amazing wish uh, to share. Well, that's that's literally. Well, I'm glad here somebody can do something about it because uh, it's very fearful the way things are coming with yeah. technology. Well, dude, that's. Uh, and I know it's all. That's exactly why we've. It's, been... it's all alien technology. Well, it's all alien technology, right? So that scares me. But yeah. that's one of the deals that the government made with them was technology. Now, these beings I was with told me that Roswell happened. They told me it was not their species. No. They were a rarity, quote, species, and this is their term, not mine, that was involved in the Roswell crash. All right? But they were aware of it. They also told me that they were with our government and all of the major governments of the world. And they knew of three other species besides themselves that worked for the government. But they also added that there may be more that they are not aware of, but they are only aware of three other ones besides themselves that work with all the world governments together. To bring about the new world order. But that's, yeah. that's one of those things that they win. They, I would they, like they win, they lose. So, but Neo, Neo, his, his, I would his, like to you. Uh, Neo, his implant is not is not one of the Tic Tac models. It's one of the biochips that don't register on uh, on uh, certain scans. Which is, you know, I would uh, like it's been X-ray. There's no, and nothing shows up on X-ray. Exactly. It shows up on X-ray. Yeah, but you that's can definitely what? tell that it's there. Oh, yeah. I would you like to discuss with you. There. You can definitely tell there's a bump 
for whatever it is that's causing the it doesn't exist, according to the x-rays. Mr. Common came to visit. The x-ray said, you've been for an x-ray on your implant, and they say it doesn't exist, even though there's a lump there. Yeah, oh, I, I had a motor... I had a motorcycle accident in 2003. Huh, funny, because that motorcycle accident ties in with the ET. The very last thing they showed me, where they were showing me things, was me being hit broadside while I'm riding a motorcycle. And I'm laying on the ground next to the motorcycle, and I'm not moving at all. So I'm thinking, whoa, all right? That was pretty quick, pretty much painless for me, because it happened... It, it happened and was over with by the time I realized what I was looking at. And I appeared to be dead. So I thought these bastards would show me how I died. And for 21 years, I thought that. And when it came time to get the bike, I didn't buy the bike. Because I wasn't going to attempt fate. I saw the bike. And as soon as I saw the bike, I was in the Harley Davidson dealership with my brother. And I saw the bike. And as soon as I saw the bike, the chill ran down my spine. Because it was exactly the same bike that I was riding at the time of my full death. So I wasn't going to bike. However, unbeknownst to me, since I had pointed out the particular bike, my sister-in-law bought it for me. Two days later, I'm at the dealership picking up my bike. My destiny will be fulfilled. I had that bike 15 days. It didn't have 750 miles on it. Just breaking it in. Just got to the point where it was considered broke in. Bam. I have this motorcycle accident. I went up in the hospital for three weeks. I got a metal plate with 11 screws in my left over leg. 11 screws. They all go into my ball. From below my knee to just above my ankle. And I have pain from it every single day. Every single day. But it ties in with my UFO abduction experience. See, I'm living proof of what happens with the UFO phenomenon. And I have things I can prove it because I can show you the X-ray of my leg that's got 11 screws in it in the metal plate. I can show you my implant. I can show you my foot mark. Yeah, that's not enough. I'm going to people that this is not what I'm going to I don't know what else I need to do. Oh, seriously, we don't want to hear As in, I don't want to have anything to do with That's never going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Even if I could introduce you to them, I wouldn't allow you to. Yeah. Neo says that uh, your implant does not exist to their level of consciousness slash technology. Same place, different channel, my spirit guide says. Uh, Neo, you're 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 closer. Yeah, basically, I would agree. I would I wouldn't have said it that way, but I agree. That's one of the fun. That's one of the ways that the veil functions, and it's you know there are famous incidences of entire populations experiencing this. But you know, because of that, it's one of the reasons why they're not going to be able to find it. But it's not. That's. But that's what I was saying. It's not one of the, like the little, the little tic tac shaped ones that like the, the that they found like in Napoleon Bonaparte. Completely different star tribes. Completely different genetic clans. Kev, uh, I have some a uh, couple of questions here. Kaz Ritchie has a question for you, Kevin. 
Kaz Ritchie is saying, is Kevin still connected? Uh, does he get any info updates? He doesn't get info and updates, but we're using his implant to track the Kute's movement because of the way their technology I, functions. I, uh, I, I do my research. You know, I, I believe there's three or four, I've run the three or four groups that Bradley happens to be uh, a part of. And, and I belong to other UFO groups. So I, I've been researching this subject since uh, about 1986, 87, somewhere in there. And you know, the more I find, the more I haven't got time to read. Right. Yeah. And and, and this goes off in so many different directions. It really does. This, this, involves, this, this involves heart. This involves Project Blue Beam. Right, it, it involves the new world order. It all it involves no, it uh, Agenda Twenty One. I'm sorry. It does not involve the new world order or Agenda Twenty One. This is actually quite against what the new world order wants. They're shitting their pants. They're, they're shitting their pants right now. Trust me. Well, they, well, they no, don't want this either. They're, they're trying to bring in. The, they're trying to bring in the new world order. I, I see them as the enemy. I'm sorry. That's just the way I look at it. Well, the guys. The, world the world guys we're talking yes. about are the enemy. But uh, yeah. to, to, to answer Kaz's question, um, but uh, you no, know, he doesn't receive transmissions, but we're using his implants and a number of other people's to track their movements. And because of their technology, they can't disconnect him. So I have an, another question for you, uh, Kevin. Eric Furtenbar is saying, may I ask you, Kevin, do you have security clearance? And uh, it comes under what is known as SAP. Uh, no, I've never, I never had any security clearance in the Navy. Uh, I, I wasn't, I, I was not a need to know. So I, I don't have any security clearances whatsoever. Never have. All right, but I've served with the Marines as well as with the United States Navy. I've been in for eight years by the time that this experience is happening. You know, so I was quite military. Multifaceted Nancy has a question for you, Kasatai. How do I find out if I have an implant, and how do I get rid of it? Um, this is going to seem self-serving, uh, but the best way to deal with implants at this exact time is to contact myself or one of the other Lirans, and we'll work with you on what to do. Um, there's not a whole lot of time left right now to do things the nice and easy, slow way. Um, the, the, the key thing is to pay attention to your symptoms. Are you having symptoms of mild radiation poisoning? Are you having strange headaches? Are you hearing a transmission, you know, in your head? Like, and this is really strange, but oftentimes people that are receiving transmissions through an implant will hear it coming from their teeth. I know that sounds really weird, but it's nevertheless it's true. Um, so, well, as far as I know, as far as I know, my implant. It's never caused me any problems. The only problems I've had is if I put a very strong magnet to it, I get a very severe headache, uh, which doesn't go away no matter how much aspirin I take. And it's, it's I don't know what a migraine is because I've never had it, right? But I I only did it twice with the magnet, and I'll never do it again. So yeah. take my word on it. it. caused me a severe headache. I became lightheaded and um, dizzy. But when I took the magnet away, the headache remained, but the lightheadedness and dizziness went away. Right. So I'll never do that again. But that's that's how I know that I have an implant. 
that that this just is gonna mass of like yeah. um just a growth or something. Well in your case it's Yeah, your implant in your case it primarily tracks endocrine endocrine um, levels. Basically they their their technology didn't work on you. That's why they're afraid of you. And they want to know why your fear mechanisms don't work like other people's. So Yes. Uh, because I have a very strong faith in God and Jesus Christ. Yeah, but they See, don't understand that. I don't get I'm sorry? They don't get that. They don't understand faith, you know? Well, well watch me. We are. I mean, uh, <laughs> your implant, tic-tac shape, Kevin, tic-tac shape? I'm sorry? Is your implant a tic-tac shape? No, it's a round mask. It's about the size. It's about. It's a little bit smaller than an American dime. All right. All right. But it it is a little bit of thickness to it. But it's mobile. I can move it around in that spot there. That's what I was doing. I was manipulating it. Yeah. All right. Trying to get people to see it as I was manipulating it to show them what I'm talking about. Right. Karen Cox says. We too, you were you were saying how the praying mantis smells, Kevin. Uh, Karen Cox says we have sulfuric smells too, and the aliens say we stink to high heaven. Yeah, you guys smell terrible. <laughs> I don't remember any smells. I didn't say that. Caspi yeah, said that was it. Me. Uh, it wasn't me. Uh, I didn't have any smells. <laughs> I didn't smell any smoke or anything like that. Look, I didn't realize that I was dealing with and. And here's the way I look at it. When I ask them about God, oh, I might as well want to hit them in the balls with a sledgehammer. Their attitude about everything changed oh. that dramatically. Yeah. They, they, I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I kind of sensed their fear. And I had my own fear going through this at the time, right? But I sensed their fear. I didn't yeah. know it then. My research has shown me since then, I had the upper hand. I had, I had them under my control because I had scared them by saying that. Now, get this, and they told me I'm sorry? Get this. You know, how you, you know how you don't remember smelling anything, right? Well, a large right. portion of their language is uh, pheromone and scent base. They shut off your 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 sniffer so that you couldn't understand them. Eric, first of all, oh. yeah, go on, go on, Kevin. I was gonna say I still sense their fear, yeah. right? And, but I didn't think anything of it at the time, right? But I was I was I was wondering why they were fearful just about talking about God. But they told me they could not they could not discuss it. They also told me that. Uh, basically, they have a hierarchy, which is basically kind of a military type structure, yeah. and that they weren't a need to know. They told me they could. There were severe consequences to discussing God. Now, yes. here's what tells me God is yes. their fear, and number two, the fact they never told me he is not real. No, that yeah. Would, that and obviously, they have an awful lot. They have an awful lot of fear that they would not even tell me that to dissuade me or to get me off the way from God. 
Yeah. Well, you understand, they, they, they do know that the divine exists. They just don't understand human faith. You see what I mean? Um, there's a number of effects where basically humans do this thing where when you connect with your with your um, with your faith impulse, it sends a beacon through hyperspace like bang, and any any I'm sending a message serves, to God. Exactly. I'm sending a message to God. Exactly. I mean, a damn thing anybody can do about it. You know. So the thing I is. So a faith like faith, especially faith like yours, which is that strong, any light tri any uh, tribes of light anywhere in the area would come to your defense. So it's they, they had a vested interest in making sure that you could not connect to your faith. You know, they would have exploded. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I, I've been proclaiming my faith ever since then. Good. This, look. The E.T. The phenomenon ties in with the Holy Bible. Yes. Whether people want to believe it or not. You know, and that's up to them. I'm not telling them what to believe. I'm telling them what I believe. I believe that it is part of the Holy Bible. And the book of Revelation is about to play out now. We may be at the very beginning of the trials and tribulations that are coming upon the earth at the end time. Just written about mind, in the book of Revelation in the Holy Bible. Just keep in mind, folks, if you're sitting at home listening to this and you're hearing hearing this and you believe in, in the book of Revelations, remember, if this is true, if, it is, if, if we are coming up on the book of Revelations, which I'm starting to believe, then this is a time to celebrate. Rejoice in this time. Do not fear. Because that means all the bullshit's about to come crashing down and the man himself is about to be a mess. That's another reason why I don't have any fear. Uh, I feel that it's part of my destiny. I feel that I have I have something to fulfill in this time, but I don't know what it is unless I'm fulfilling it now, having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I believe you're right. I have uh, some a couple of questions. I've got one for Cass today, but I'm going to discuss this one with Eric Furtenbar first. Uh, yes, Kevin, it is clear to me you were key personnel with being on that ship for four years. Kevin, you are wired up different, and they don't understand you. They were researching you and your makeup. See? Yes, there is a hierarchy. Uh, connection with salt scares them. See? God, I love it when the audience, when the audience, and, and whoever you are, two thumbs up. <sighs> did I kill? Sorry, what was that? Did I kill Kevin's feed? I said, whoever you are, two thumbs up, and now I can't hear Kevin. I think I killed Kevin. Two thumbs way up, huh, guys? Kevin, can you hear us? Can you give us some, got, some sign got, that you can hear us? All right, here are the two questions for you, Cassidy. Uh, I, I apologize for saying this. Clayton, Clayton Duffy says, Cassidy Lightwing, so not to be disrespectful, not to be disrespectful at you, bro, at all, brother. But you're an idiot if you think this pandemic has nothing to do with our agenda, and the world's biggest cult is a fraud. Then I you need to hang that. your computer headphones up and watch TV with okay. it off. Hold that on is just nonsense. Hold on You've got second. a lot to learn, brother, and your mind is so corrupt that it believes fully that of your interests. Okay, hold on, hold on. I got this. You ever notice that the more you have to put into some, more words you have to put into somebody's mouth, the more of a fucking idiot you are? 
I didn't say that the fucking coronavirus had nothing to do with the NWO. I said that the coming of the Kute has nothing to do with the NWO. Learn to listen, brah. Okay. And uh, uh, Eric, I have, I have a question for you again, Cassidy. Uh, Eric Furtenborough, Kevin, he said, did you feel you met any of their leadership? Is that for Kevin or for me? That was for Kevin. Okay. We're still, we still have no sound. We still got no sound. But yeah, there's a, uh, for the other guy, and yeah, he did get under my skin. There's a, there's a quote, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a slight parody of what uh, Einstein said, and that, and that goes like this. Um, smart motherfuckers sound like crazy motherfuckers to dumb motherfuckers. So. Cassidy, my question for you is from John Christian JL. Cassidy, how can you be so sure it can be removed before you even know what it is? That is his question. To what, I think to it's what referring, is referring to the implant. To? Well, I do know what ha it implant. is. That, that, that's the How can you I... be so sure it can be removed before you even know what it is? Okay. Uh, all right. If I understand the question correctly, um, I do know what it is. I wouldn't try to remove something if I couldn't, you know, sense it. You know, you guys have to understand something. The reason why I'm not working for like a weapons uh, manufacturer or a, you know, a science firm or something like that is because I was more like a doctor. Um, that's why I'm here and that's why I'm doing healing stuff. It's if I don't know, if I can't sense what something is, I don't mess with it because you never know. Um, unfor you know, unfortunately or rather fortunately, I know these guys technology very, very well. Right. I have two here. Cool. Right. We can't hear you still, Kevin. Uh, can you try calling us back, Kevin? I have a... Really? I can, yes. No, 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 yes. you're fine. You're fine. I'm asking Kevin if he can call us back. That might restore his signal. It, God, it's... Okay, yeah. thank you. I can't hear him at all. Uh, I have a question for you, Cassidy. Uh, uh, well, first of all, Brian Firebar is asking: Is there a way to watch your videos later when you have when, when he has less company? Uh, Brian, our show is being recorded. Our show is being recorded as we speak and will be posted in the announcements section of the group forums. Okay, you will be able to watch this show again in the announcement section of the group forums. Okay, uh, of all four, we are in four alien groups uh, right this minute as well as watch parties, so you can watch the show again. And uh, Clayton Duffy has a question for you, Cassidy. Uh, to Clayton Duffy said, you said that the epidemic had nothing to do with the New World Order. Tell me if I'm lying. No, okay, if I said, okay, I might have I said that, and if I did, I misspoke. What I was trying to say is that NWO has nothing to do with the coming of the Mantids. The Mantids are just as much of an enemy to the NWO as they are you guys. They do not want the Mantids here. Remember what I said earlier, that there's a possibility that's being discussed, that the, uh, that the virus is some kind of precursor attack from the Mantids. But remember, I also said, I can't, I don't know. I was just, you know, saying that some other people, um, some other people in the metaphysical community believe this, 
I was just what we're saying what they say. I have no solid information. Um, the yeah. you'd have to be an idiot to think that the pandemic had nothing to do with the NWO seriously, which is why I treated the other guy so harshly. That's literally not what I said. Um, Meryn Thompson is saying that you, Cassidy, she believes that you, Cassidy, are right about the Book of Revelations period that this world is entering into, and it is a time of celebration. Yeah, I'm always really careful about that, folks. Uh, I'm, prophecy is one of my hobbies. I'm also, I'm always super careful about that. Most specifically with the Revelations prophecy, there's a one particular part where it says no one will know it's coming. So that seems tends to me like everybody's looking for it right now. So I don't know, but at the same time, by certain interpretations, prophecies are coming true left and friggin' right, you know. Well, and this is another reason why we have to celebrate. Now, yeah. well, the way I look at it is this: a lot of people are waking up now. Yes. I mean, a lot more in the last six months are starting to come around and starting to see the things that we are talking about themselves. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I and I believe that we are entering into the end time. It could be one or two years off. It could be five years off. It doesn't matter. We are entering into it and it's come soon. Folks. Yeah. Well, coming soon. Okay. It's been talked so. about and talked about and talked about. But now it's starting to be fulfilled. And there's a difference. Meron Thompson right, says that what you are saying, Kevin, is too true. Okay. We shall we shall be bringing this show to a close within uh, the next quarter of an hour, I reckon. Uh, I would just like to say thank you for being a guest on our show, Kevin. Please, would you like to come back to our show again and repeat the same story because it, your experiences were are phenomenal and they are a pleasure to hear. Yeah. Hopefully with less. Well, yes, I'll be more than happy to come back on. Cool. Thank you. I would just like to. Uh, we. Uh, I would just like to tell the members watching that uh, on Wednesday, uh, we our guest has is not lined up. However, our guest may very well be the great Salviano. Salviano is a healer, and he will have his tarot cards with him, and he will be able to share uh, some um, prophecies for you with his t using his tarot cards, and he shall be a healing on our show live. Cassidy is also a healer as well, and uh, although he doesn't practice that on our show, because we are here to entertain our guests. Well, honestly, uh, the only reason but, I don't is because nobody nobody's asked it. I have zero problem doing live healings. Yeah. And, but that's not what the show's about. Uh, that's the only other reason, to be Granted. honest with you. Okay, However, Cassidy does have his own shows where he does practice healings. That's why it's worth adding Cassidy Lightwing as a friend. You could you could find his link in the introduction page of this show. You can add Cassidy Lightwing as a friend there, and he will perform healing. He has he performs shows three times a day. Is that right, Cassidy? Uh, when we're up to speed, yeah. Right now, we're still yes. kind of finding our feet, you know. The surviving what we survived was was pretty rough, so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've you you've been you had an up and the down that experience. Have you got any more, Kevin? Does your does your uh, audience have any more questions for me, there, Bradley? Uh, uh, we're 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 coming to a close. Uh, to, uh, I would say. 
uh, I would say uh, they would like to thank you for being on our show, Kevin. Thank you for sharing your experiences. You didn't have oh, to, and you have. And they wish to thank, say thank you because. Kevin, there are many people out there that have are alien contactees and alien abductees, and they are afraid to share their story because they will face ridicule and being mocked. And yet, you are live on our show sharing your experiences. Don't you ever fear that you could be laughed at, mocked, or face ridicule, Kevin? I, well, I, that was my story. My life, the first fifteen years, I started talking about this. You got to realize I've been talking about it for almost almost forty years, so yeah. I'm so far past that. Since before UFOs were cool, just, I don't even see it. I don't even see it, right? I know how to ignore people, and I know how to influence too. Anybody that wants to talk anything derogatory, I I, I fight fire with fire. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you. I would like to say thank you for everybody for taking part in asking us these questions. Eric Furtenborough, especially, as well as many others. Uh, there's too many names to shout out, to be honest with you. Clayton Duffy says, Brother Cassidy, I said no respect, and I'm one of the most craziest. Crazy is genius, and you might know a lot of information, but the real important inform information you need to know is what's going to happen very soon to you. I believe your interests are all in the wrong place, but everyone has an opinion. I have met very high people in very high places for no reason. Destiny has its way with people. Granted. Download the higher knowledge that they need for future. Again, I promise I'm really not making this up. I'm talking into my mic as, I'm, as if I'm talking to you. I'm not going about nothing, so, so stop trying to think that I'm trying to sound smart. Some people don't just called, don't sound like buffoons. Then you shouldn't have and, then you should hold on. Well, listen, I gotta interrupt. Then he shouldn't have resorted to personal attacks. I respect his opinion and I'd like to talk to him more about it. Um, if he wants to talk to me privately, I, I would really like to know. Um, I have a very open mind about these things. He verified you, one of the things I said. What was that? He verified one of the things I said. Yeah. Clayton yeah, Duffy. That's what he says in the state. Yeah. So, Clayton Duffy would like to give a shout out to Bradley Powers, and he says that he thinks that I'm cool. Well done, thank you, Clayton. And uh, he'd also like to say, Cassidy, he thinks that you're all right, brother. Ah, oh, thanks, man. And we've lost Kevin again. Well, it's just as well because no, the show is coming to its close. Uh, Rob wants to know before we go, uh, Kevin, do you accept friend requests? Kevin. And We're asking that question again. I, mean, I don't know, but if you send me one, I I will I will I will friend you, sure. All yes. right, cool. What's the name again? Uh, it's Rob Topping. Wants to know. Rob Topping. Rob Topping. Yeah. Yes, Rob Topping would like to add you as a friend, Kevin, because he'd like to come. He'd like to connect. Kev, Rob Topping would like to connect with you, Kevin. Okay. On Wednesday, my show, uh, Bradley Powers, Mr. Terry Powers, we shall be interviewing very likely uh, our guest Salviano, who shall be practicing healing. He is a psychic and he is a legend and he helps many, many people and he has the ability to heal many illnesses. And he only is very modest and doesn't like to promote the fact, okay. same as Cassidy, to be honest with modest. you. You will find that many healers are modest and don't like to advertise the fact that they have these amazing abilities. Am I right, Cassidy? Indeed, indeed.
it's, it's actually dangerous for healers. But you know, for the for the audience, um, he said last time he was on the show, he's going to help me work with my gut, and it's been working. So uh, he's he's the real deal, you know, just like Kevin. There, you know. Clayton Duffy says, "What's most important is you learn as much as you can to ascend as much as you can without thinking you're more than others." That's a very good uh, comment, Clayton. Thank you for that. That's true, but what Clayton needs to realize is that some of us are coming from the other direction. I can concur with that exactly. No, agreed. Yes, but he needs to understand that some of the some of us come from other directions, and you know, there is a reason why literally every major religion in the world has either attempted to canonize me, kill me, or name me as as one of their uh, as an ascended master. I re- which which I refuse. I'm not an ascended master, okay. But you, uh, you what you need to ask yourself is this: which one of us is filled with more ego? The one who's been actively walking around, walking the earth, curing cancer, casting out demons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or the one who watched a bunch of YouTube videos and wants to engage the the healer? I'm not saying I don't have ego. Obviously, I got an ego problem. Everybody knows I'm a diva. Okay. But it's one of those Clayton things. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting his. It's, it's important we, we address the uh, uh, skeptics. Yes. And it's not that I'm disrespecting your opinion, brother. It's just that your opinion, as of right now, requires you to reduce me. And that's an ego illusion. Okay. When you have to reduce someone else to make yourself feel like you're right, it's not okay, brother. Okay. What you just did was say that every person, every child I've cured of cancer, every coronavirus victim that is alive right now, right, every child that's been saved from a demonic possession, okay, the grandchildren that are alive today because I was there doing my superhero bit, you just called all them liars. And you have to reduce all of their experience so that you can feel like you're like you know more. Which one of us has the illegal illusion, brother? Kevin, uh, Rob Topping says, you guys are amazing people, and he would like to thank us for broadcasting this show. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob Topping. Thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, James High is, 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 is saying, yeah, uh, there is meant to be 40 species, apparently, I would even increase that figure. Uh, what about you, Cassidy? I would say there were more than 40 species of extraterrestrials or aliens actually, in existence today. Actually, I'm close. I think his numbers are closer to accurate. By human reckoning, the taxonomic structure of a lot of the species is uh, a lot of the tribes rather coming is very very similar. For example, the Roswell aliens were basically the same genetic clan as you guys. They were primates, you know. By some reckoning, there are species out there that will have that will be you guys that will be hominid sapien sapien on the taxonomic chart, even though they're they're clearly not human. They come from a different planet, but they have the same exact genetic you know structure as you guys, with the with the exception of the uh, of the flawed genome from the Nibirites. You know, so it's it's that's really hard when you're talking about species. It's really hard to say, um, but. Uh, tribes that's a, that's a, that's a different story remember what we were saying about like you know the, the mantids they're divided up into seven different tribes that i can think of off the top of my head and but they would all be considered one species you see 
So Jace, Joseph Masella would like to say thank you guys. He's enjoyed the show as always. Well, that's good. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly said, Shannon. Like Vikings and Indians and samurai and ninjas are all considered human. You know what I mean? But to the outside observer, they would be radically different people. If like the Vikings went into space and the samurai went into space and the beatniks went into space, they would be recognized as different tribes, even though you're all the same yes. species. I believe the Russians wrote a book uh, with listing uh, over a hundred different species or tribes of our aliens, extraterrestrials, with their purpose in life. Yeah. Were they malevolent? Were they benevolent? The Russians have actually listed this with uh, what their purpose in life and how yeah. they view the humankind. And I've seen small excerpts from that, well, and from what cool. I have seen, it's accurate. Oh boy! What was that, Kevin? I said, oh boy, and guess what? Pretty soon we're going to get to meet them ourselves. Indeed. In fact, you guys are going to find out you've already met most of us. <laughs> it's it's amazing the, 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 the effect the veil has on this world, how many species, when they get here, look human. So. John Jones would like to say, all my life I've never been afraid of talking about UFOs and stuff. It's the way one says things that strikes down and opposition before it starts. That's why I act like a cartoon character, bro. Multifaceted. That's why I'm serious. That's why I'm serious. Sincerity from the heart. That's the place to start. Mm -hmm. Multifaceted Nancy yeah. says, we all have different purposes. Things we should be doing. It all fits together as a whole for the whole for the world's good. Indeed. The greater good. Indeed. And the cool part about that is that reality itself is more liquid than solid. So you can't even say that this paradigm is wrong and this paradigm is right. Because if you could take a camera and pull it all the way out, you guys would find out just how much reality bends to your perception. You know? Well, you know, I believe that unity brings power and strength. Yes. The more people you have that are on the same page, that are all got the same goal, all of those people are more powerful than any one of them by themselves. Exactly. All right? And so I believe, and I believe that it's getting bigger, the circle, because like I was saying, people are starting to wake up now. Right. All right? And, yeah. you know, they wake up in time. They can join the cause. Yes. Okay. Now, Neo Curtis says... Spot on, Kevin. We feel that we are here for a bigger reason. That is to assist humanity's transition into the next stage of humanity's evolution. Our information softens the shock of the truth. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. Thank you, Neo. Thank you. Thank you, Neo Curtis. That's, that's, that's a very really good statement. Thank you very much. I, would like I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't feel that I'm anybody important. Oh, I, I'm, I've had my experience, and I'm more than happy to share it. You're and I've been sharing us, it for going on 40 years, all right? But, you know, but I also broadcast Christianity part of it that goes with it because it all ties in. I mean, whether you want to accept that or not, it all ties in. Yeah. Sorry, but that's just the way it works. Exactly. And I didn't make this game. I didn't, I didn't design this game. And... Because if I was in charge, things would be going a lot different than they are. However, I'm not God. And I don't even want to try to conceive yeah. being God. Because we have enough we have enough trouble trying to understand 
what and God, what is God actually all about? We only know a little bit, no matter how much we know. And I also believe that we are all part of God because he's experiencing our lives through us. Just like this implant, I'm giving information to the praying mantis. I'm sure that there's other connections that God has with every human being on the face of the earth. And not only just the people, but the trees and the plants and anything else that is, has life of any type. Love. Well said, well, brother. Rob Topping says, you guys are amazing people. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Rob Topping. Thank you, Rob. Uh, here, what happened there? Right. 15 minutes till yes. the show's over. Okay. Um, yeah, like Liana McCoy says, that is interesting, Bradley Powers. Thank you. Thank you for that, Liana. Um, I would just like to say that on Sunday next week, we are, we will be uh, broadcasting a show. Uh, we shall have a special guest, a Templar, a Knights Templar, and we shall be having a Freemason, who, who and I cannot reveal any more than that. He is a Freemason. Uh, so we shall have a Freemason on the show, a Knights Templar on the show, and we will be discussing the subject of the Book of Life, the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, scrolls and scriptures and gold that are all hidden within the vaults on the grounds of Henry the First, which was formerly Henry the Eighth's grounds, and there we will be discovering, uh, we will be dis discussing the discovery of this find of the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, and many other uh, uh, artifacts that are hidden there that many people don't want to admit is there and refuse to authorise uh, an expedition into discovering this. Well, we have discovered this ourselves and we have to be very choosy in the words that we use to share this information because it could put our lives in jeopardy. Hmm. Yeah. We shall be discussing that. that next Sunday. And upon that note, remember Wednesday, Salviano, I believe, Upon that note, thank you, Kevin, for appearing on our show. It's been a pleasure to have you here. We shall have you back again, definitely. And thank you, Cassidy, for your time and for producing this show for me. Thank you uh, for helping me to get a shout-out to the, my members that paranormal phenomena is very real, and we are here to share that with you. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And thank you for your time to all the members as well. Thank you for your time as well. And also, Clayton Duffy, before we go, Clayton Duffy has a request. He would love to appear on our show. I would like that too, um, bro. I'm sure that a lot of what he's saying is being lost in the uh, transition from his thinking to typing. And, you know, I yes. personally have been looking forward to having a skeptic on the show. So. Clayton Duffy says, Brother, please don't overanalyze. It's the world definitely has no illusion over me. I really like what you guys are doing ultimately. You yeah. spreading knowledge to those who are still asleep. Seed planters. That's me. And again, please let me know when I can join in a video with you awesome guys. That would be great. Yeah, just keep wow. in mind. I, I like being called a seed planter. Hey, dude, you, you earned it, man. You may not feel special, but you're special to us. And I mean me and Bradley and me and my family and me and my, me and my tribe. So, you know... Uh, John Jones, will sing songs Saturday. about you in the future. 
Cassidy, oh, John no, Jones. No, no, don't go oh. that far. I'm sorry. I, we are making history, Kevin and Cassidy. We are making history. One day, these videos could be have a, be an epic find for somebody. These shows that we are performing. John Jones says, "I am a Rossi Russian. A Rossi Russian. What is that, Cassidy?" Uh, that name does not ring a bell. But then again, you know, we don't know everything. We don't know everyone. It's like earlier there was a question about the uh, scarecrow-looking race. I got nothing, bro. Sorry. I I have come across a Roostian before, but I'm sorry. I don't really remember any of that, but I have come across that at one time in my research. I would like to, to talk to you more about that because, you know, Keep in mind, folks, Liana, it's a big-ass galaxy. <laughs> Liana McCoy would like to say, this is a great show. It would be good to hear Kevin's story better with less interference. And we agree with you. That's why we're having Kevin back on the show again. Yeah. Um, also, if, if yeah. you don't mind, Kevin, I, I can link the original show you were on. That way people can hear your story as you told it originally. Oh, yeah. Well, if you can do that, sure. Yeah, yeah that's still... Yeah, that's... you can put that on. Cool. You can put that on the YouTube. <laughs> James Hayes says that we've been here. There, this is we are their ant farm in a goldfish bowl for a long time now, my friends. In some way, yeah, but that's part of what my tribe is here to stop. We don't care what you guys do with your freedom. We we hope you choose the path of the uh, path of the light. We hope, but on, honestly, we don't give a shit what you do as long as you're free. Yeah, uh, John Mormon is saying. Uh, Supposedly, some human aliens were genetically altered for the world they reside on. Yes, that's true. That's I believe that. True. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. And Adam Peterson is saying it's an awakening of many levels. Yes. Some are waking up to a need to change our lives. Others are waking up spiritually. Some of us are awakening universally. Everything is changing. Be positive and be strong. Yes, that's a very Positivity is the key. Positivity is the key. Yes. The attitude. It all starts with attitude. And if you have a positive attitude, things will be more positive. We are energy beings. We put out negative and positive energy, just like a battery. Exactly. I hate to say it, but we are. We no. are electrical. No, no, that's, that's a very fine analogy, and I hope it does bring people like to the matrix, you know, because that's not terribly far off. And, you know, I, I, with less kung fu and martial arts, obviously. But um, John, John Jones is saying a Rosicrucian is an ancient mystical order. Yes, I'm familiar with the Rosicrucians. There's a particular group And he'd also like to say, why is it you guys have no teeth? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I have. I, I, get, I get Social Security disability. And I, 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 I don't live, I exist. I am out of money at the middle of the month. It's through the grace of God that I make it to the beginning of next month. And the cycle starts all over again. I have no money to go to the dentist. Oh, I have excellent health care, but I just had heart surgery in January. I had a four-way bypass done, and I'm healing up pretty good. But as far as the teeth go, that that's the least of my problems right now. And that's the way I look at it. And my excuse is I partied hard during the 90s, and I don't regret it. And well, I ground I'm my teeth. I'm 65 years old. 
So what teeth I do have are all original. I don't have any false teeth. I plan on buying some new teeth this year so no one can criticize my appearance. Well, I think you look dashing, sir. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't really care what people think about my mouth because that's I smoke. I, I smoke, and I've been smoking for yes, I'm kissing his butt. over 40 years. So that's another reason why I've lost a few teeth. Somebody said, "Well, I don't Shan care." Shannon's uh, on over that here. Note. Shannon's over here looking at me, going, "Hey, Cassidy," <laughs> which is an American expression for "I'm kissing Bradley's ass." <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he hasn't got a hat like mine. <laughs> no, I want to get a big old Darkwing Duck hat to go with my jacket. Right, well, I would like to close the shows now, please. My device is about to die. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for your questions. Thank you, Kevin, for your time. Thank you for producing the showcast today. That's all the time we have for now, dear lights. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to hit that like button and share with your friends. We have a great many people to reach, but we are only as strong as our signal. The world can be a scary place, but you don't have to face it alone. We love you, everybody. Be safe out there.